Morning, everybody. Morning. How many are real happy? May I see your hand? You know what I'm noticing? Uh, some of you ladies are getting more blonde. I don't know, is it blonde season or what? It's just un- unbelievable. Um, I have a blonde joke. No, I cannot tell it. Just not. But at any rate, uh, glad to have you. And some of you are moving around a little bit. Some of you are getting a little closer uh, to the front. Some of you came out of the balcony down on the bottom floor where you belong. And some of you, you know, that's your place up there. God bless you. Down here, would you welcome all those people in the balcony? Give them a good hand. Would you do that? Now, those of you in the balcony with a loud thank you on three. One, two, three. There you have it. Here we go. Uh, Up, in, and out. Genesis, the uh, 18th chapter, verse number 18 through 20. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And all nations on earth will be blessed through him, for I've chosen him, so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. Then the Lord said, uh, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is so grievous. The total difference between obedience and making a great nation, that which divides, as he notes here, is the power of sin. This is the series Up, In, and Out. Uh, I noticed uh, visiting with us today, my mother's been out for 200 years and uh, we celebrated her 89th birthday the other night. And guess what? She showed up for church. So uh, mom and my sister Gina from Atlanta, Georgia here, would you welcome them? Mom's good to see you. Sleepy, good to see you. My sister Gina owned a Badcock Furniture Store. She's the wealthy one of the family. So I know the offerings today are going to be way up because she's a generous person. Last two weeks, we talked about the first two, up and in. Here we go. Up, we talked about the Apostle Paul and his transformation. You remember that? Say yes. Transformation on the road to, uh, to Damascus, and a bright light hit him, threw him in the dirt. He became blind, and his whole life changed forever. He wrote uh, more books in the New Testament than any other person. That was the up relationship. You saw the video. Jesus went to the Father. You and I have that vertical relationship. And then last week, we talked about in, where we need one another. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need you. Go ahead. I need you. I, I need you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love supporting you. Go ahead. Say, well, I don't support anybody. Well, maybe you should. We need one another. The Bible says, uh, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, strength, and that we're to love one another even to the degree that we are to, we're to love our enemies. Small groups is an in community. Saturate Lakeland was an in opportunity as well as an out opportunity. Today's message is out. How do we deal with that? You see, I'm not interested in building more religion. I'm not interested in playing church. I'm not interested to show up on Sunday morning and everybody, let's just say, okay, I checked that off. I'm interested in a vibrant community that has the ability and the courageous anointing to say we can change our world still. I'm not looking for a person who wants to talk about the negative and how bad the Democrats, the Republicans, the independents, and the not-so-whatevers. I'm not interested in that. What I am interested in, if the light shines brightly, everything will fall at the feet of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, I read the end of the 
book and we're all going to fall at his feet before it's over. Amen. Y'all going to have to help me preach a little bit today. We know that we're to love others. It's out. And that's what we're talking about today. Now, God speaks to Abraham. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Um, he says, congratulations, Abraham. This is your day. You're going to be off to great places of which you've never been before. And you're going to accomplish great things. Abraham says, really? Yeah, really. Um, where am I going? Nah, you don't have to worry about that. How about a map or a GPS? Nah, we don't want to have to worry about that. It would take the adventure away. Abraham, just take one step at a time and you'll see what's going to happen. There are two words as we get into this text. And the first one is that he told Abraham is, hey, I want you to do, I want you to go, go. That's it. Just think about that word. I want you to go. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of what you're familiar with. Get out of your security. Get out of what you need to lean on. And I just want you to get your bag, and I want you to go. You cannot stay here. You cannot remain the same. Go. Here's the second word. Bless. He said, I want you to go and bless. So the two words is go and bless. Come on, balcony. Go and bless. I want you to go and bless. So here's what God says to you out of this message. I want you to go and I want you to bless. God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you, but that blessing is not just for you. I don't want you to bottle it up. He said, I want you to give it away and others multitudes of others, nation after nation, people after people, generation after generation is going to be blessed because you are going to be a blessing. So Genesis 18, 18, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all nations, all nations on earth will be blessed through him. You got that, Abraham? Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. No, you didn't. Genesis 22, that was Genesis 18. Abraham, through your offspring, all nations are going to be blessed. You got it? Oh, yeah, I got it. No, you don't. Genesis, uh, Genesis 26, hey, Abraham, your offspring is going to be a blessing to all nations. You got it? No, I don't. Yeah, I got it. I got it. No, you don't. Genesis 28, all peoples on earth is going to be blessed through your offspring. Now, listen. Do you think God's trying to make a point? You think he's trying to say, I want to go beyond the superficial into the depth of your mind, Abraham. I want you to know you're about to go on a journey that will be so exciting and so wonderful, and you're going to bless people. Now, I want to know if you've got that. Here's what God was saying. Through Abraham, all nations are going to be blessed. But Abraham, of course, and we followed the lineage toward Jesus Christ. Jesus came and he said, I am the blessing. I am the way, the truth, and the light. We know that. And then the church was born. And here's what he said to the church. You are to go into all the world and you are to bless everybody that you meet. The sign of Christianity is the love of Jesus Christ blessing others. That's our mission statement, to know Christ and make him known. Help me out now. If you don't help me out, this is going to be a long message. I can turn it down slow. It is our job to bless people, brethren. Genesis 1, 
God created the heavens and beautiful. And he said that human beings were created, and he said, I want you to prosper and do what? Reproduce. I want you to prosper and reproduce. That's the goal. Get with it. He said, you're my finest creation. When he created woman, how many of you know that God made the finest creation known to man when he created a woman? Taylor, you you didn't even clap over there. I saw you. I saw some of the rest of you. Ortegas, did you clap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, when God created woman, he created the finest of all creations. He did. He did. Wow. Unbelievable. And he said about all creation, man, woman, male, female, he said, I'm giving you a massive responsibility to do what I ask you to do to go and bless. Now, why was woman created? To be a helpmeet for a man, Amen. right? So I want to be a helpmeet. That means that men would make so many mistakes <laughs> and go so many wrong directions if he didn't have a little woman to be able to give him advice and counsel from sunup to sundown. And afterward, that's it. Listen, I noticed some of you ladies in the first service, your husband doesn't come with you much anymore. Well, you need to fire him up. You have the ability to say, listen, bud, we go into church. That's all there is to it. You got it? Be a help me. You encourage him. All women have leverage. Any man in his right mind knows that, right? So, hey, here's what's going to happen. We as a family are going to be a blessing. Yesterday, I I called someone. I was going to a particular restaurant, and, and they decided to close. And they closed just like that. If they decided to close, they closed. So I, I called up one of the sons to the restaurant. I said, what in the world's going on? He said, we closed. Well, when did you make that decision? He said, like all, always this morning. He said, you're not going to believe this. I said, believe what? He said, we were just talking about you. I said, really? He said, yeah, my girlfriend and I, we were just talking about you. I said, well, how is, how is that? You're talking about me with your girlfriend. He said, I just said, you know what? We need to go to church in the morning. When I said that, you called. He said, I can't believe it. I said, listen. (laughs) I mean, my voice changed. Listen, it is a sign unto God. (laughs) Don't you love living for Jesus? The sign. Well, you know what happened? They showed up. Text me when they got here. Sunday morning in that first service. You see, you and I are to be courageously engaged in going and being a blessing and absorbing a much of, as much of God as we possibly can. So when God created the heavens and the earth, he created male and female, female man's finest creation. But listen, he created in the earth everything man needs to enjoy life 
and be a blessing. For example, he created fruits, food, vegetables that you and I might not be hungry. Created water that would satisfy our thirst. He created nutrients whereby we would have the proper nutrients to grow and have our strength. And we have a mission. And he said, I created a mission and a purpose for you. And he said, I want you to assume that purpose and that mission. Abraham, I created you so as your obedience, not like Sodom and Gomorrah, out of your obedience and the obedience of your children, all nations are going to be blessed. Well, God, how do I get from where I'm at to where you want me to be? People might say, well, I don't know how to get there, Pastor. I'm not you. Thank God you're not me. Get over that. Thank God. My Lord, have mercy. It's just too much goodness. You can't take that. (laughs) Most people discount themselves when it comes to sacrifice and commitment. So let me talk to you. You say, I don't have the education. I don't have the talent. I don't have the ability. I don't have the personality, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let me tell you about a gal, Linda Allen, Linda Wilson Allen, The article appeared in the San Francisco Chronicle. And the person who wrote the article works for the Chronicle and rides Linda's bus. She's a bus driver on the transient bus system. And he said, you know what? Here's what I found out. She's writing the article. She knows every rider by name. She knows a little bit about every rider because she lets them know that she's concerned about them. He said, the other day I saw a gal, she's in her 80s, Ivy is her name. She had two bags of groceries and she's struggling to get her groceries on the bus. He said, there's a line of traffic back there. And what does Linda do? Linda gets up, walks outside the bus, helps Ivy on the bus, takes her groceries, sets her down on the front row. He said, you would not believe the number of horns and people that are saying slang things to her. It didn't rock her world at all. She said, Ivy, I'm so glad you're here today. He said, that's why Ivy will pass up bus after bus after bus in order to ride Linda's bus. He said, not only that, there was a gal back at Thanksgiving. Her name was Tanya and said, Tanya, of course, was at the bus uh, depot, and Linda saw her. She went over to her and said, what bus are you riding today? She said, I guess that one really doesn't make any difference. What bus I go on, I'm homeless. I don't have anywhere to go. It was Thanksgiving. Linda said, do you have a place to go for Thanksgiving? And Tanya said, no, I don't. She said, I do. You're going to my house. Now, Linda has six kids. They're all grown now. But she said, you're going to our house for Thanksgiving. And you're going to enjoy a wonderful meal, and I want you to know that we endeavored, we're going to love you. Linda could tell that Tanya was depressed, and she whispered a prayer to her. You see, the writer of the article said, hey, she doesn't see her driving the bus as a job. She sees it as a ministry. The bus and the people that ride that bus are her community, and she shines like a silver dollar. She said, the bottom line is, there were those that said she loves potted plants. You wouldn't believe how many potted plants she got in a week's time. Then they found out she loves scarves. They bought her scarf after scarf. Not only that, some on the bus ride because it's convenient, but they said, Linda, we've got a vacation house, two or three of them. You can go and stay there and enjoy vacation. He said, it's the most unbelievable thing you ever see. She's probably the most famous bus driver after Ralph Crandom of the Honeymooners. 
What was Ralph's most famous saying? Anybody remember? To the moon. What? It's to the moon, Alice. How would anybody say that to God's best and finest creation? Wow. The article, the writer of the article said, Linda, how do you do it? You just, you love everybody. She said, I get up at 2.30 every morning. That's where I'm going to lose some of you. I get up at 2.30 every morning before I come to my ministry. I get on my knees and for 30 minutes at least, I talk to God. God talks to me. I tell him the kind of challenges that I'm facing today. If it's rainy or the route that I've got to drive is always difficult in traffic. Said he always talks back to me. She said, I do everything that I can to do what he tells me to do every single morning. She said, I'm just sharing the love of Jesus Christ the best way I know. In other words, I'm going out and I have an in community. You see, if someone were to ask, what does Christianity look like? You could say, go find that bus that Linda drives and, and you'll see Christianity. You see, the bottom line is that's exactly what Abraham was doing. He said there needs to be more people like Linda, and it's called the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we give ourselves away. And when we give ourselves away, what does God do? Here it is. God always multiplies back to us that which we give away. If you found that to be true, say amen. You see, just driving a bus, it wasn't driving a bus. It was ministry all day long. He said, what is your favorite song? I hear you humming a song all the time. She said, yeah, I hum it. Occasionally I sing it. He said, well, what is it? She said, it's this little light of mine. He said, this little light of mine. She said, yep. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Oh, hide it under a bushel. No. I, I become inspired sometimes. But this little light of mine. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we said, Lord Jesus, Here's my purpose. I want to bless as many people as I can. I want to be example of the love of Jesus Christ. I want to give away. I want to share ministry. And many of you showed up yesterday for Saturate Lakeland. You got a special crown in heaven because God said go and you went. Some of you got kicked out of a neighborhood or two, but you didn't stop. You held it until you reached 13,000 homes by the grace of Jesus Christ. You know what you were doing? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. That's enough. She said, that's my theme song. Why do you do it? She said, well, I fell in love with Jesus, and Jesus found me. She said, I lived over there in Hunter's Point here in San Francisco. She said, a rough part of San Francisco. She said, I was without, and my kids were not well fed, and their clothes had holes. And finally, when I found Jesus, I decided I'm really going to do it. Because if he's the only way, he's going to be my way. He's going to be my provider. 
And I made my commitment. I got this job. She said, now I feel like I'm the most blessed woman in all the world. She said, two of my kids have graduated, and they're in medical school. God has blessed me. And she went on and on and on and on. And she said, there's only one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. Let it shine. Go out. Be a blessing. Last Monday night, we had Sam Swan's coronation service here. And seven to 800 of you showed up and you paid your respect. You loved on a guy and, and on Teresa and others as they said, wow, what an, to a guy, seven or 800 is a big, big, big coronation service to a guy who's very seldom ever stood on this stage. But he was known as Shepherd Sam down in the bottom. And yesterday in Saturate Lakeland, we had one family that was visited and they happened to start a conversation with a person just hanging that little bag on the doorknob. And the lady got to talking and said, what church are you in? And the person doing the work going out said, Victory Church. She said, you know, I went many years ago to Victory Church. She said, and there was a guy there, a guy there because he loved my kids. He'd send them postcards when they're not there, etc." Said, well, what was his name? Well, his name was Shepherd Sam. He wrote cards to my kids. And the person was there said, well, Shepherd Sam passed away a couple weeks ago. They said the lady just began to weep because she thought, wow, somebody made a difference in the lives of my kids. Listen, friend, that's what we are all about. Amen? That's it. So I was proud. I was proud of you, proud of you at the service, proud of you at the internment up in the National Cemetery where about 25 or 30 of you showed up there. Well, here's what happens when you give yourself away and, and you're blessed. And he says, I want you to be a blessing. Abraham, you're going to be a blessing to nations. That's not going to happen by osmosis. It's going to take effort. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take sacrifice. And let me pause here. Don't spend your whole life sacrificing and committing to everything that just makes your life comfortable here. Have on your priority list every single week that something that costs you to make a commitment and sacrifice that builds the kingdom of God. When I saw all of you crowd in yesterday at Saturate Lakeland, I thought, this is the best looking people in the church right here. They know what it's all about. And God bless. And you know what's going to happen on Easter Sunday? We're going to have many of those. But you count your blessings. You count them. You say, well, God, how do I count my blessings? Well, you take out a pen and a paper and you say, God, how blessed am I? If you find yourself complaining, don't, don't do like most people do. Do like Linda did. She said, I, I count my blessings. There was an old song we used to sing in the church. It was a hymnal and it was called Count Your blessings. Count your blessings. We used to sing it. Some of you young people may not know it. It said, when upon life's billows you are tempted, tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. See what God has done. Come on now. Count your blessings. 
Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God hath done. Andy Stanley said this. He said, one of the problems most rich people have is they don't know that they're rich. Most problems we in our society have are rich people problems. And the majority of people on earth would love to have them. Have you ever complained about bad cell phone coverage? I mean, you get upset, bad cell phone coverage. You complain. You know that's a rich person's problem. Did you know that? You ever complain about, wow, I can't decide where we want to go on vacation or on a cruise. That's a rich person's problem. Did you know that? Oh, well, my computer crashed. It did. That's a rich person's problem. Well, I want you to know my flight has been delayed again. That's a rich person's problem. And the majority of the people on this planet will love to have a rich person's problem just like you. Another blessing is not only financially, but educationally. There's sometimes in history where the majority of the human race was illiterate. They could not read nor write. They didn't have a home or a place to live. And if you have friends and you have a home to place your head at night, that's a rich person's problem. And if you have a spiritual gift, it's called salvation, and you've been redeemed by the grace of God. You are the most wealthy person in all the world, for money cannot buy that. It comes through as a supreme sacrifice. I have been blessed. Can you say that? I have been. Turn to your neighbor and say it with a smile. I have been blessed. My life has been blessed. The Lord Jesus tells us that we are to be a blessing. He says, let me tell you what I came to do. In Luke 4, 18, he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because God has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. When I do godly things, when I do things that bless other people, I'm distributing the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus Christ to those that are poor and physically, mentally, emotionally, and most importantly, spiritually. The reason, of course, that we reach out in different missions projects like Sidewalk Sunday School, Circle J, etc., we're trying to share the blessing of the gospel of of Jesus Christ. The trip that we have coming up to Mexico, it's sharing the blessing of Jesus Christ. Our young people went to Honduras recently over with Randy, and it's to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Our culture, our culture, friend, needs the blessing of the gospel. And here we are. God said, I'm counting on you. I'm really counting on you. It's important, please remember, that our culture is not okay. When you can abort a baby full term or any time. And there are some lawmakers and society and culture say it's okay. Our culture is not okay. But you think I'm going to stand around and gripe and grumble about culture? 
You think I'm going to get upset. You think I'm going to weep tears about what people are not doing. Here's what I know. I want to take all my energy, all my effort with as much enthusiasm. And I can say the only way to correct culture is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. His name, He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the healer. He is from the beginning until the end. And He is the answer. He is the answer. So Easter's coming, y'all. I've already started texting some of the, I have friends that are quasi, they don't go to church much. But if you were to ask them, and I found out the best way to reach them is build relationships. So I'm texting them. I text a whole bunch this morning early. Oh, Lord, if I could just wake them up. It's Sunday, but Easter's coming. And I've got response. Pastor, we're going to be there. We're going to be there. We're going to be there. I look on Facebook, and I look, and they're out on the boat. God blessed them with a great toy, you know. That's it. Out on the boat, riding paddle boats, out on the water, up in the mountains, hiking, all those kind of things. And I'm saying it's Sunday. It's the Lord's day. You know, come on, Pastor, I know, but we just needed to get away. Hello. Hello. We just need to get away. Let me just tell you how, how I feel about that in case you don't know. If you're going to get away, get away on your time, not God's time. That's just how I feel. Well, Pastor, you just don't understand. It's not my job to understand. It's right here. Amen? Amen. Oh, I know y'all love me. You know the average pastor, almost 70%, is afraid to even mention a cultural problem for fear that they'll drive people away out of the church. I don't feel that way. I'm going to tell you what we're facing. I'm going to tell you how we can fix it. And his name is Jesus. We understand the answer is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that, we know that the first message in the series was up. Paul, you know, your Saul, get right with God. You have that up relationship. It's the vertical, that vertical. Now, if you have a vertical relationship with Jesus, you're professing, there ought to be fruit in your life, not thorns in your life, but fruit in your life that says, I love, I love my neighbor. I don't have a foul mouth. I don't get drunk on Saturday night and hope I can sober up for Sunday morning, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You live in that vertical good life with God. When well, I'm not perfect. Nobody is. And then there's the end. I love you. I love you. You love me. We're as happy as can be. That's all I know of that song. I know a lot of songs, but I only know a little bit of them. Amen? That's the end. We love you. We love you. We love one another. Hello? Somebody said, would well, you have to like them if you're going to love them? Like, love is deeper than like. Here we go. And then today, out. We take what we've heard today and say, okay, here it is. What can I do to be more of a blessing? What can I do in my life to set life priorities, to just touch other people? And I can give you the names of some people in this room that I think are just hallmark people. They are unending in their sacrifice and their commitment to other individuals who always are head taller than everyone else. Who I don't ever hear much of an excuse. I just see them over and over and over again. 
But here's what Jesus said that he did. He said, I did not come to call the righteous, but I came to call the sinner to repentance. And that's what I want us to do. And as you read the Gospels, Jesus reached out that other people would overlook. Peter said, Jews are it. Jesus said, Jews and Gentiles. Peter said, I don't get it. Jesus said, you will. And he did. Matter of fact, there are more Gentiles in this room than there are Jews. I left the Jews over in Jerusalem. But what would we do if he didn't love a Gentile? Hello? And so that's exactly what happened. Peter looked and said, that can't be true. Somebody came to Jesus and said, you just called a tax collector. You know what he does for a living? He's a tax collector, Matthew. He's a liar. He's a thief. He, he takes money from the poor. He does, Jesus said, he's a perfect person to be my disciple. He's, he's going to be reformed and, in fact, redeemed. Oh, what about the lady that ran down to you and just, you know she was immoral. You know she did a naughty, naughty thing. Jesus said, he that has never done a naughty thing casts the first stone. He that's never had a bad thought, go ahead and pick up your rock. He that's never blown your temper, go ahead and pick up your rock. He, that, he that's absolutely perfect, go ahead and pick up your rock. Oh, what happened to y'all? Jesus was Southern. What happened to y'all? <laughs> Jerusalem is Southern in Israel, by the way. It is. You got the Sea of Galilee up north. Jerusalem's down south. I hope you've got this message. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. And here's what Jesus said to you and me. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, Victory Church, go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He said, you're going to experience things that you never dreamt possible. You're going to be able to do things that you thought you'd never be able to do. He said to his disciples, boys, here's what's going to happen. You're going to stand before kings, but not because you're super smart like Paul but because you're going to be on trial. You're not going to have a whole lot of money, but every need you ever have, you're going to have that need met. Some of you go into jail, and you're going to learn how to sing in jail. He said Paul and Silas did. Some of you are going to be beaten within uh, an inch of your life, and then you're going to be crucified, tortured, and, and beheaded. Some of you, Peter, are going to be hung upside down. But he said, here's the beauty not one of you will be shaken in your faith because you count yourself honored to have suffered for the cause of the name of Jesus Christ. So what's under your skin? What's chiseling at you that you need to petty get rid of? And say, God, I am ready for whatever, whenever, however. Just let me know and I'll follow you in Jesus' name. I don't know where I'm going. I just know I'm going. And that was the beauty of Saturate Lakeland. 
I saw the precious people haul those bags and DVDs, the Jesus video, went into neighborhoods. Some of them got thrown out of some neighborhoods. They did. But they sure prayed with several people before they hauled out of there. So why? Because sharing the love of Jesus is important. So I pray you'll leave here today. And I pray you'll say, God, what are you saying to me? And what can I do in these next several days and beyond to see that this message gets out and lives are changed through my commitment to you? In Jesus' name. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege to deliver your word, divinely anointed. We thank you for our example of Abraham and for Linda, the bus driver. We thank you for the good things. We thank you for Victory Church. I think the greatest congregation in the world is right here. And those listening online, God, I thank you for them. I pray now that you would minister and meet the need of every family. But God, just in case there are those right here, right now, in this room, or listening by, by video, maybe later, or listening right now online, who may not have their heart in tune with you. Maybe they talk a good talk, but God... They just need to make their mind up. God, I want to serve you. I want to honor you. That doesn't mean that we're perfect. We make mistakes, sometimes willful mistakes. But God, you're always able to redeem us and give us forgiveness. And when you forgiveness, you cast that into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. I thank you for this wonderful, wonderful group of people now. But Lord, if one among us is hurting one among us is not right. One among us need forgiveness. Then we all need forgiveness. We all need your grace. So I'm going to ask everybody here and those of you online, if you'd repeat this prayer after me, would you do that right now? Here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank, you for dying on the cross thank you for dying on the cross to redeem me. To redeem me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. For forgiving, me. for forgiving me. I humbly confess my sins. I confess my sin. and, I admit and I admit I've made mistakes, I've made mistakes wrong, decisions, wrong decisions, and went the wrong way. Went the wrong way. But, today, but today, I'm coming to you, coming to you and I'm asking you, I'm asking please, you forgive me. please forgive me. Come into my heart, into my heart and make me, make me new. Make me fresh. And Lord, touch my soul. Lord, touch my soul. In Jesus' name, In Jesus name. amen. I mean, you know that God answered prayer. Not only that, he's a healing God, friend. He's able to heal and divinely anoint, divinely anoint. If you need prayer for healing, you've got family members. This is just Holy Spirit speaking to me. You've got family members that it's kind of shaky whether or not you think they'll come next week. Here's what I'm asking you. Bring them down to the altar. Go ahead and lay them on the altar and say, God, I'm claiming in Jesus' name, you're going to tilt the scales so that the door will open and they'll come. And I'm claiming that in Jesus' name right now. So if that's you and you need a touch or you prayed that prayer and you need inspiration, I'll give the benediction in just a moment. So stay with me. Here we go, waiting for you to come as God directs. Would you? Lord, I give myself myself away so you you can use me give myself away 
give myself away so you your leadership help us God, I give myself Heavenly Father, nothing is impossible with you. And we know that this week there'll be a big old battle going on because in Ephesians 6, you tell us that there are spirits and evil forces that fight against the forces of God. Here's what we know. It is not by might nor by power, but by the Holy Spirit. And we know those forces are real, but here's what we know. As we clothe ourselves in faith and the garments of the Lord Jesus Christ, of Almighty God, we win those battles. We know the enemy will whisper into the heart and the life of many that Easter's another day. They don't need to show up. They don't need to engage or anything. But God, we break that now in your name. The devil is a liar. We rebuke him. We declare he has no authority, and we declare that, God, your power of your anointing of the Holy Spirit will reign supreme, and that, God, that person that's questionable, you will bring them over to the side of positive faith and commitment. We claim that in the name of Jesus Christ. And there's some, God, that are distraught. Their faith is weak. They haven't been in church in a while and they keep giving themselves excuses and they blame someone else or some circumstance. I pray you would convict them right now. Some are listening online. God, in your name, let your love filtrate their lives in the name of the Lord and give them peace that passes understanding and let them surrender to you. God, I pray for this congregation. I pray for some needs that I'm aware of in the lives of some. And God, they've been praying and they've been working. But in the name of the Lord, I pray you will send to pass an answer. Send to them an answer. Send to them a resolution and a solution. Send to them, God, what they've been praying for. And let it be so that you might bless them. God, I claim that in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Would you put your hands together? Let's thank him again. I'll be talking tonight, keep the faith. I pray that you're here and build up our spiritual muscle for Sunday. Wednesday night, don't forget that. I love you, everybody. Turn and compliment somebody that you don't like, okay? God bless you.
yourself away. 